0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Sounds Like Comics, a podcast based out of Perth, Western Australia. I'm Luke from That Film Stew. My co-host today is Jay. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Today's topic, Titans, the gritty take on the Teen Titans. If you haven't watched Titans but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. This is the first time seeing the Titans in live action, but we've had them on TV before, but in animated form.
1: Yeah, and in two different forms, there's, well, three different forms technically. There was the Teen Titans
0: animated show. Well, that's the one from 2006. The show featured a 1980s era lineup composed of pretty much what we get in the show here. We've got Robin, Starfire, Beast Boy, Raven, but that show also had Cyborg. Which we will be getting in the Doom Patrol spinoff. It looks okay. We've seen... A behind-the-scenes pick, and we've seen an official poster. it does look okay. The series adapted some of Wolfman and Perez's storylines, including The Judas Contract and The Terror of Trigon, and featured versions of many other Titan characters, including Aqualad, Speedy, Slade, Bumblebee, and
1: Terra. And we will be getting those again in the Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go movie coming out later this year.
0: Oh, that's right, because, yeah, that was... So 2013 is when we got to Teen Titans Go, that was after a test run with DC Nation's new Teen Titans shorts, and then we've got the feature length series, Yep, and we also got a movie. Yeah, which Teen Titans Go, the movies, if you haven't watched it, check it out, it's awesome. And we did a full review, that's episode 25 of the podcast, the plots of that movie, a villain's maniacal plan for world domination sidetracks five teenage superheroes who dream of Hollywood stardom, and the film is absolutely hilarious. I love Robin's ridiculous
1: catchphrase, and also that strange what is it? Crack, yeah,
0: crack, crack a neck on it. Crack a neck on it.
1: And the uh, the weird musical number,
0: which was Michael Bolton provided. this. Yes. you know I for. have that soundtrack. It's <laughs> absolutely brilliant, and it's one that you can listen to with your kids as well. It's a really good yeah. album. But you mentioned the the movie Teen Titans vs. Teen Titans Go. Yeah, and we got a tease of that in a post credit scene on this movie. Yeah. And it was the original Titans from that 2006 show, and it's Robin saying, I think we've found a way back.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be strange watching that because the same cast did both shows.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So they're going to be doubling up on voices. Yeah. I guess they only have to pay them half as much. (laughs) I didn't watch the 2006 show. I didn't watch the 2013 show. But because of all the references to the wider DC universe... That's why I checked out Teen Titans Go to the Movies.
1: Yeah.
0: And I had a lot of fun with that. Maybe someday I will go back and watch that original 2006 show.
1: Yeah.
0: So a lot of people do still like that show. Yeah, because it's the more uh,
1: comic accurate of the shows. Um, and, of course, the Young Justice cartoon, which is playing streaming now for Season 3, is a version of the Teen Titans as well. Especially Season 1, it's very much Robin... Beast Boy doesn't come until Season 2, but a lot of those Titans characters do come through. There will be uh, a spoiler for another character that will be coming up who was also
0: in Young Justice, but we'll get to that later. Good point, bringing up Young Justice. I wasn't going to, but it makes sense to, because it pretty much is Teen Titans. They're just not referred to as the Teen Titans. Yeah. In fact, they're not exactly referred to as Young Justice. I think that's maybe just... In fact, in the comics, they get referred to... Is no, by a team name? no I, don't,
1: I don't think they did. They didn't, they didn't seem to have a team name, which I think makes more sense because you know, no one's going to call themselves well, be Young Justice because it seems like you're talking down about yourself.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. But we don't want to get too caught up in the wrong details. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to talk about Titans, the first live-action TV show. The plot for the series, a team of young superheroes led by Dick Grayson, formerly Batman's first Robin, Form to combat evil and other perils. And we can start by going through actors, uh, their performances, but we'll limit it to begin with to the four Titans. And then as we get into each episode, we can speak to the other characters because we do get other heroes, Hawk and Dove, uh, Wonder Girl. So there's more characters that we can speak to later on. To begin with, then, we've got Brenton Thwaites as Dick Grayson, Robin. Yeah, and he's great. He's awesome. Um,
1: initially when I watched the trailer, uh, and even when I first started the first ep- the episode, I, I must admit I got over it fairly quickly. But my initial thought was, he's playing a detective, and isn't he? You too young to be a detective.
0: But I did get over it really quickly. And they have done it in the comics as well, where Dick Grayson was was a cop. I think in Bloodhaven.
1: Yeah, um, which they don't go to here. He's for some reason in Detroit.
0: Yeah, which does seem pretty random, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think they wanted a real world setting for where he's set. And Detroit is probably the closest real world setting to Bloodhaven. Not geographically, but in terms of, uh, you know, uh, economy
0: and all that sort of stuff and crime rates. So let's talk about the line. Fuck Batman. <laughs> this was in that first trailer and it put a lot of people off.
1: Yeah, it did. Because the way they edited together the trailer it sounded like a a moody teen like yeah fuck Batman completely taken out of context when you see it in the show it's he shows up in an alley there's a bunch of guys and like holy crap it's Robin and they immediately start looking at the rooftops going where's Batman he's got to be here somewhere ignoring the fact that Robin's in front of him who proceeds to punish his style beat the ever-living
0: crap out of them (laughs) And that was violent. More violent than I'd seen Batman in like an official TV series or movie because, you know, there's Batman fan films yeah. where he's crossing over Predator and Alien where it does get super violent. But in this, DC canon, this is a very violent Robin. Like He's got the smash car window. He's dragging the guy's face along there. He's scraping the guy's face along the wall. He's... Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it was... I had been warned by a friend who'd
1: already watched it that the violence is, was quite extreme, which was lucky
0: because I would not have been prepared for this otherwise. I think watching this show in general, like going into it, I, was, I got the feeling it was DC trying to do what Marvel were doing on Netflix. Just making it, you know, you mentioned the Punisher comparison, just really like over the top with violence, making it really gritty.
1: Yeah, and it because it's on a streaming service, technically it doesn't have to... Uh, go through approval uh, for uh, television. So it's allowed to be more violent, more sexual, more aggressive because there's no rating system. It's only what they deem appropriate. And they didn't go too far, but they definitely feel like they were sort of testing. They'll put, they're definitely pushed themselves further than they have live action so far.
0: And you mentioned streaming service there so in America they get it on the DC Universe app yeah here in Australia we don't have access to that app so we have to watch it on Netflix but we didn't have too long to wait though So as soon as it had finished in the US or I think a couple of weeks after we yeah. got the whole season on Netflix
1: yeah which was great because it allows us to binge
0: it as I did over a couple of days it does give me hope though that that's going to happen with all the other DC Universe shows internationally, like when Young Justice Season 3 wraps, that will get it on Netflix. Because they're doing something interesting with that. Young Justice, they're releasing three episodes per week.
1: Yeah, um, and I did check, and Young Justice Season 1 and 2 is still on Netflix and here in Australia. So it makes sense, especially with Marvel seeming to move their stuff over from away from Netflix. So DC... Yeah, absolutely. You don't have the infrastructure set outside the US. Please keep giving us this stuff.
0: We have Anna Diop as Coriander, or Corianders, aka Starfire. Yeah. There was a lot of uproar about her casting when it was first announced.
1: Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of uh, vitriol on the internet.
0: And around the costume, just saying that she looks like a cheap prostitute. But then you find out, watching the show, she was actually undercover in a European was it a nightclub or she was undercover anyway in some yeah
1: some seedy types and that was kind of the the fashion of her character to get in, Uh, and it makes all perfect sense uh, even uh, because she seems to be for suffering memory loss, and even she's a little bit like what the hell is this f
0: whatever, but I really like that. So we we talked to Robin first, who is, you know he's a gritty, he's a real-world character, he's got no powers, and then we've got an alien. So they're setting up Titans, like you say, in Detroit, as if it's like a real-world scenario, and then we've got an alien straight away.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, when she does activate her powers, she looks a lot more like a comic book character version, Uh, almost like there's a sun inside her, beneath her skin, her eyes go green, her hair... Goes more orangey and vibrant. But it looks really good.
0: Yeah, so when she's using her powers, she looks more like what we know the character to look like from the comics. Yeah. And those other Teen Titans cartoons. Tegan yeah. Croft is Rachel Roth? Raven? She was
1: fine. Uh, she's, she doesn't know what her powers are when we first get introduced. Um, although she does seem to be <laughs> locked in a room with a bunch of crosses to like container almost like she's possessed um she does a great job it's very emotive uh, and you know all the characters believably feel like they need to protect her um also given her age she's a little bit bratty which again fits because she's by the youngest of all the characters on the show and probably of the actors as well
0: so I liked that as well. How she's coming in young, and then you've got Dick Grayson, former sidekick, now being a mentor or you know looking after her.
1: Yeah, and they've set up a really smart thing with the show. Is having been Robin, the violence he's been taught by Batman is becoming a problem, and he doesn't like how he's he's almost like got a taste for it, and being when he comes across Raven, she's just been orphaned and he's stepping into the role that Bruce did for him, but he doesn't want to do it the same way for that reason. He doesn't want to infect her with the, the
0: taste for violence. And I've not seen this approach with Robin before, where that's the reason for him not being Robin. Yeah. In the past, it's been that uh, Bruce won't listen to him, we won't take him seriously, and he's sick of being in his shadow. Yeah, whereas, whereas this seems to be... The... I like this approach. Yeah. What do yeah. you think to the Robin costume?
1: I thought it looked great. I thought it was really well done. Um, the little
0: throwing R's that he pulls off his chest plate.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it looks like it's
0: durable, like bulletproof and like stab proof. From a distance, it looks like you could stand him next to Ben Affleck, Batman, from a distance. When you get a bit close, you can see it's a, it's a TV costume. But yeah. But it still looks really good, although short cape. Yeah. I know Robin Dick Grayson does have a short cape, but it does look a little bit short.
1: Yeah, um, and it, you know it's black on the outside, yellow on the inside, which uh, the colour scheme, it's not too bright. And that's the Tim Drake version, isn't it? Yeah, um, but also the length makes sense as well because it, there's enough length that with his darker pants he should be able to hide in shadow, but it's not long enough that I think it would get in his way, which might have been their idea behind it. Because when you do see the brief flashes of him in the circus, he's not wearing a cape, which I think initially in the comics he did.
0: I'm pretty no, I don't think he has wore a cape. No, I think he does it carefully. Yeah, he's just got the like the spandex. Yeah. And Raven, she doesn't necessarily have a costume, but there's a scene in particular where she's on a bus and she's got a hood up, and yeah. the, the front of the hood comes to a point. Yeah, like which a comic resembles co- the comic costume.
1: Absolutely. And she's got some very strappy boots as well.
0: (laughs) And the final member of the team, we have Ryan Potter as Garfield Logan, or Gar to his friends, I guess. Also known as Beast Boy. Yes. He is a former member of the Doom Patrol, who we will get to, who developed the ability to shapeshift into a tiger as a side effect from a a drug that he had to take to cure a deadly illness. Yeah, and we do get his full origin in the show we do i'm hoping that beyond season one he does more than a tiger because that's all we get for that first season which visually is very impressive and seeing a green tiger in live action is cool but hopefully he starts transforming into different animals yeah because otherwise he's just tiger boy yeah because
1: they do give uh an explanation that he doesn't seem to be aware or it hasn't occurred to him that maybe he can turn into something else. And he likes tigers. That's yeah. why he takes that form. Yes, yeah, his favourite animal so it's the first thing he reaches for and it's he's like, oh, now he knows he can do it so it's the thing he always reaches for.
0: And they do an interesting thing with his costume. He's pretty much just wearing a tracksuit or like a tracksuit jacket. Yeah. And the design resembles the costume from the comics. Yeah. A very nice approach.
1: Yeah. And he's not green skin. He's just got like green through his hair
0: like he's put it there on purpose so I guess the you know that's a money saving tactic for the show but when he does transform you do see him go green that visual where he transforms back from the tiger into gar yeah and it's almost like the practical effect from an American world in London only the views like CGI was a really really good look I thought that was great
1: yeah yeah um it works quite well um the one thing I thought while I was watching the show, it's probably a smart thing they didn't make his skin green because with the four Titans, at least as they are in season one, they all look human.
0: So there's, they're not drawing attention just walking down the street. Even though, you know, we will get to Doom Patrol, but they don't want him out and about drawing attention to himself. But you're right. He just looks like a kid that's dyed his hair green. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it works well. Um, And... But the Doom Patrol, again, when we get to it, he does seem to be the only one who doesn't have problems with his appearance.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, yeah, we will get to them, but there's Elastigirl, but she has moments where she's not good for the public eye. Yeah. You? But I didn't realise until prepping for this episode, the huge following that Ryan Potter has. He has a following? He's, a, he's got a huge following. Now, he, he played the young kid in Big Hero 6.
1: Oh. In the movie, and I
0: believe in the TV series as well. I'm, I think the 2D animated series on yeah. Disney. But yeah, no, this guy's got a huge following. Huh. A lot of people like him. I did and, like the Hero 6. Yeah, I did. That was, a, that was a fun movie. And I guess the final... Oh, I will touch on one more person outside of the four titans. We have Seamus Diva as Trigon. I wasn't yeah. sure if we were actually going to get him. But it is... Because in the comics, previous animated versions, he's the big... Red devil. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the devil. Like, And he's got, what <laughs> is it, six, maybe eight eyes, glowing yellow? Yeah, six
1: eyes and like a large forehead to accommodate the extra, <laughs> the extra this eyes.
0: is Yeah, so this is a TV series, though, so we only get him in humanoid form.
1: Yeah, um, you may recognise the actor from Castle. He was one of the detectives who assisted the main two stars. Um, that's
0: the first, as soon as I saw him, I'm like... <gasps> It's
1: a guy from Castle.
0: I like Nathan Fillion a lot, but I did not get past that pilot <laughs> for Castle. But okay, he's, he's in that show. The tone, we've touched on that first episode, how we were a little bit shocked at how violent it was. That It pretty much maintains the dark tone throughout, and I really like that it separates itself from everything else that DC have got on TV at the moment.
1: Yeah, because... Flash is the lightest, or Supergirl is probably the lightest of the Legends shows. of
0: Tomorrow <laughs> is the lightest. But when they first announced this, and originally it was going to be on TNT, and then it, it was happening, then it wasn't happening, and now we've got it on Netflix in Australia. But I was thinking, oh, it'd be cool if it was part of Arrow and Flash and all those shows, but now I've seen it, I'm glad that it very much is its own world. And, and on that, we're introduced almost straight away to a wider... DC universe it's not like when arrow first started and they weren't allowed to mention like certain characters or yeah. many characters really but in this like they're talking about superman batman wonder woman there's gotham there's metropolis
1: yeah they there nothing's off the table it seems for this show which
0: makes it feel like it's part of something larger and to ask if the show is successful or not i mean we've just had the first season it's getting a second season and also we're getting the spin-off doom patrol in I believe April. Yeah, that it's, sounds right. Yeah, it's just around the corner. Yeah. So I like that Doom Patrol is gonna be part of this DC Titans universe at the start. Yeah, and they can build to crossovers in the future. And the effects I think for the most part, and again keeping in mind this is on TV, work really well. And I really like the horror elements that come with Raven. Like which well, she's got the black around the eyes and then it spreads to her cheeks.
1: Yeah, uh, and I like the other small effects where when she reaches for someone, there's like the ghost, almost ghost hand that moves and touches them, showing how her power, she seems to empathically feel like someone's history and how their, what their state of mind is like.
0: And that scene was pretty cool. When you had the bad guy that's orchestrating all these things, the nuclear family were reporting to him and he slices his own throat. In front of her, saying that you need to use your abilities, you need to save me, and she does. And then at a later date, she takes it back.
1: Yeah, that was
0: awesome. That was pretty cool. What do you think to the music? To be honest, I didn't really take any notice of it.
1: The, so it's unintrusive.
0: The, op- the opening theme really caught me off guard the first time I watched it. It's loud. It's thumping. Oh, when the the yeah, actual Titans when the wording. Titans logo's coming up because that's the theme of the show. I mean, they don't necessarily repeat it throughout. Like it's not like some superhero movies or TV shows will use, like, they'll riff on the title theme to yeah, show and heroics. Yeah, pepper
1: it through the episode or the movie to keep it in your mind. But, yeah, but it's very,
0: I don't know, loud, bombastic. More of a fanfare. Yeah, but I think, you know, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I don't know what I expected going in, but it's pretty good. I mean, it, it's no T-tats go to the movies, but as music goes, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, and... You know, it's not like Superman and Batman and now Wonder Woman who have an established theme, so they were free to choose something new.
0: Now we can talk through the episodes, because it was quite a small season, just 11 in total. Yeah. I think it was originally going to be 12, maybe 13, but they changed that, and instead of having 12 or 13 as the finale, that's going to be the season 2 premiere.
1: Yeah, which... It, it's probably smart for them because it allows them a little bit more time on the 11 they've already put together. They get to put that extra on the, on the opening, for season two. And you leave season one on a cliffhanger, which is also probably smart. Like
0: take a page from Walking Dead. It's worked for them for seven seasons. And when you say cliffhanger, I'm thinking the post-credits thing as well. Yeah. Which has me hungry for more. But in that first episode, I think we've spoken to that a bit already. That's where we see Detective Dick Grayson fighting as both, a cop and a vigilante. And that's where he first comes across Raven. And that's where they partner up initially. Yeah. But in the second episode, which I was surprised at how quickly we're introduced to two more established superheroes, we get Hawk and Dove.
1: Yeah, uh, who maybe to their own detriment try and pull off their costumes from the comics. Uh, it didn't seem as bad on, on Hawk, but Dove specifically, uh, her goggles, too large and
0: bulky. They didn't sit right in her face. I, I agree, but I, I think you've got your four titans. That's where all the money went. Yeah. <laughs> and then just go, okay, so whatever we've got left over,
1: let's spend it on Hawk and Dove. Yeah. And it does make it a little bit more believable as well, because, I mean, who's their
0: tailor? they probably had to put those together themselves. Yeah, that's right. And she's the second Dove, and we will get to that. I think for the most part they do work, but you're right. The hawk costume does look better. Maybe it's because he's got like a full headpiece. But there's, there's a scene in one of the episodes where Dove is like reflecting a blade or something, and then her wings are supposed to be metallic. Yeah. And they wobble. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um but uh the actor's Alan Richson is Hank uh Hall plays Hawk and he's phenomenal. Um a very tall guy, muscular build. Uh he in the comics Hank was always the aggressive of the two, Hawk and Dove. He's supposed to be the 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 predator bird, the more aggressive, the stronger and Dove's more peaceful, more graceful and Minky Kelly as Dawn Granger Dove, definitely has uh, a grace about her movements. Very great shape for her as well. But Alan Richardson has a history of playing Buff dudes because in Blue Mountain State, he played Thad, the, the main captain of the football team. And of course, if you ever watch Smallville, he played Aquaman.
0: I think if people are listening to this podcast, they watch some of them. But yeah, he was Aquaman. And that, I don't know which one, but he also played a turtle in, yeah, the, in the Michael uh, Bay-produced turtle movies. Yeah. But you're right, they've really got that balance. So looking at the character's backgrounds, Dove, her background is ballet, and Hawk, his background is college football. Yeah. So already they're bringing those different tones to the, to the characters.
1: Yeah.
0: And in that Hawk and Dove episode, that's where we're first introduced to the nuclear family. Yeah, they're creepy. Very creepy. So these are, what, androids or robots? What are they? I think they're people who've they've been brainwashed. Oh, I thought
1: they were machines. Are they not machines? No, I, th- um, I believe they're people, um, and they've, they've gone through a brainwashing technique that's broken them, and then uh, they, oh, they take those, those syringes. Yeah. I think that might be like, like a steroid or when they're on assignment.
0: Right, okay. I was, I was thinking they were machines. Maybe that's what they were in the comics, and I'm just ringing that yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah. But they were interesting, and we had Jeff Clark as nuclear dad, Melody Johnson as nuclear mom, Jenny Ross as nuclear sis, and Logan Thompson as nuclear biff. And he is, of course, the son of the nuclear family. Yeah. I've never said nuclear so much <laughs> in my life. <laughs> But yeah, they were all very creepy. Yeah. And again, like, you know, that first episode, we've got Robin, a street level hero. We've got an alien in Starfire. Episode two, we've got this nuclear family. Like, the show is very strange and sci fi, but gritty and real at the same time. And I'm really liking that balance to striking. Yeah, and the thing I do like is
1: they're not holding your hand. These things, elements are already in play, which again helps. Make it feel like an established universe where these all these elements
0: were already operating. In Origins, which is episode three, Rachel, who has been taken by the nuclear family, gets rescued by Corey. So it was interesting seeing those two characters, knowing their bond from the comics, together for the first time. And then you're getting loads of flashbacks that Dick is having when he was first adopted by Bruce Wayne. So they do a thing in the show which didn't really surprise me where they will show Bruce, but not actually show Bruce. It's always like from behind or silhouette.
1: Yeah, and he's always out of
0: focus, so you can't see the actor who's playing him. He's up at the window. And... But I like that, though, because they're not shying away from Bruce Wayne. They're not necess- they've not cast the actor, so that's fine that we don't see him, but he is there. They're not like telling a Robin, sto- Robin story where Batman never existed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a massive hole in his backstory. If... Who's this guy who... Adopted you and trained you. Ah, oh, you don't need to know about that.
0: Now, up until this point, I'd really been enjoying the show. It's a good show. But then we get to episode four, which is the Doom Patrol episode. And that's where it just got kicked into a higher gear for me. Now, these aren't characters that I'm overly familiar with from the comics. Like I know who they are, but I've never really been going out actively buying and reading Doom Patrol. But just having more established dcu characters was fantastic they work really well
1: uh they all have very defined characters and they you know they really quickly and really cleanly articulate uh nuance with each one like robot man can't eat because he's a robot
0: but he still likes having a plate of food
1: yeah Uh, yeah because you know he was a man who's now in a robot body and that's something that he's missing and it, you know, you can you can tell any little interaction someone else has. There's a, a, a subcommunicated sadness to him. You have Invisible Man who,
0: or Negative Man, as his character is actually called. So let, let's just go through the characters and start from the top. We've got Niles Calder, who is easily comparable to Charles Xavier of the X Men. Now, looking at Doom Patrol, if you're seeing them as a new thing, you'll think, wow, this is DC's take on X-Men. Interestingly, in the comics, Doom Patrol, I think only by a couple of months, actually predates X-Men. Yeah, I
1: believe it was May for Doom Patrol of 63, 64, and of the same year, in June, July, is when we got X-Men.
0: It's easy to make that mistake. So, Niles Calder, he is the leader. In this show, he is played by Bruno Bashir, And the reason why I say in this show is because Doom Patrol is getting a spin-off. I think I mentioned that already, You're getting a spin-off. But they've recast everybody except for April Balby, who will be playing Elasti-Woman. Everyone else is recast. So, in this we get Bashir. He he's playing a leading doctor in medical science. So he's the leader and he's the one that does all the experiments on these tortured heroes.
1: Yeah, to save them, they're, are, they're in dire straits when he comes across them. But the way he play, they play it, he, he's kind of obsessive and he's not worried about the, the tragic lives he's kind of foisting on these
0: people. And he's not worried about consequences. No. Not when he's looking to save Raven.
1: Yeah, yeah. He seems to be, like, even at the risk of his own safety, he seems
0: to just keep pushing forward like, oh, this is exciting and he shows a darker side towards Gar as well, when he's trying to stand up for Raven. Yeah. I mentioned Bolby already, so she's playing Rita Starr, aka Elasti Woman. She's a former actress who develops the power to stretch, shrink and grow after being exposed to a toxic gas. But at times, like we see in this episode, she has trouble keeping human form. Yeah, and it ends
1: up looking kind of like a weird grotesque slug thing. So she's almost like Clayface where her face will stretch and droop. Yeah. And she has a ridiculously fast metabolism and requires enormous amounts of
0: food to make to keep her energy up. So she looks really dainty. She's like that fifties movie star star look to her. But then she's, like, piling up the food and just, like, consuming it like an animal.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, piling up the waffles and the chicken and just pouring the mass amounts of gravy over the top. It did make me hungry watching this scene.
0: Oh, it did not make me hungry. <laughs> and you mentioned Robot Man already. So in this show, played by Jake Michaels, but he's recast for the spin-off, Brendan Fraser. Which I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I am. And we will see Fraser as well in flashbacks. Before the... The accident or the the car crash that he's in, he just looks humanoid, he's normal. But it's like, it's the only thing they could save is his brain and maybe a couple of organs. Yeah. And then everything else is robot. Yeah. But what a name, Robot Man. Yeah, it tells you exactly what you need to know. And last but not least, we have Negative Man, played by Dwayne Murphy. He is a former pilot, has a bad crash. And gets exposed to negative energy. So he's now wrapped in bandages from head to toe.
1: Yeah. Um, and you never s- see what his ability is. Never. So I don't know. I don't know what he...
0: Do you know what he can do? I believe he can uh, shoot negative energy. Oh, cool. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that works. And also, recast for the spin-off, spin-off, uh, Matt Bomer. So I'm not sure if it's that they wanted to go for bigger names... Or I don't know why they've recast everybody. Oh, I should have mentioned uh, Niles Calder will be played by Timothy Dolan. Oh, Timothy Dolan, great cast. Which is, yeah. The casting that they've announced for the spin-off, I like all of it. I just, I'm not sure why. Yeah,
1: because they did go to a lot of effort to cast them initially for Titans. Why then did you feel the need to recast... For well, the ongoing show, it doesn't See, make It must of sense. have
0: been in the back of their minds. Like, hey, maybe we will do a Doom Patrol show. But these characters are in this episode, and it's a, it's a fun episode. I'd say it's one of the, the best episodes of the season, to be honest. It's really up there. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: you know, these, these are not like the Titans because of their, uh, like, Robot Man is a robot, Mr. Negative or Negative Man completely wrapped in bandages because underneath he's just made of energy, They can't go out in public and Alastair woman can't be trusted to hold a form so they kind of
0: become like reclusive. And You mentioned Cyborg earlier so we're getting him as a member of the Doom Patrol who I believe for the first time he's never been a member of that team before.
1: No, he's because his first appearance in comics was in the same
0: issue as the first appearance of Raven
1: and the first appearance of Beast Boy.
0: I've got issues with cyborg not being a titan look at the comics look at the movies is a member of the justice league and now on tv they're making him a member of doom patrol can they not just make him a titan but i guess they're swapping him out for beast boy because he he was a member of Doom patrol
1: yeah and i i suppose for the doom patrol show that will be how he gets saved is
0: by the the i mean it makes sense that Calder will be the one that saves him. But I've just never known Cyborg to be a member of the Doom Patrol before. But that's that's fine. I'm sure it'll fit. Like He's already got the mad science element. Yeah. In the movies, he's got a mother box in (laughs) his chest. I doubt they're going to do that. So we're going to get a different take on Cyborg on the small screen. Who'd have thought it? Two different live-action Cyborgs simultaneously. Yeah, madness. In the episode... Together, that's where they're first showing off their powers to each other. They're in the barn, they're showing each other what they can do. I love the genuine shock and surprise on Dick Grayson's face when Beast Boy first reveals himself as the tiger. Yeah.
1: That was very cool. And then when he transforms back into a person, obviously he's naked and because he's so excited that people are accepting of his ability to change and then
0: they're, they're like, whoa, uh, you want to put some clothes on? Really well done. Now, was it the end of this episode that we first got Jason Todd? Did he come as the sting at the end, or is it the episode after? He came as the sting at the end. So it's the end of this episode, so we're talking about Curran Walters as Jason Todd. He's Batman's current sidekick in the second Robin, and this is the first time ever in live action there's been two Robins facing off.
1: Yeah, um, and we know from the pilot... Dick Grayson has stopped being Robin
0: about a year ago, at least knocking around with Batman. And when he needs to, he'll reluctantly wear the costume. Like in that first episode, there was a bad guy that kept getting off on technicalities, so the police couldn't do anything, so he put the costume on. Yeah. So he still carries it round with him to a point, and then he burns it, and it's gone. Yeah. But I thought this, this young kid playing Jason Todd, dislike him, but he's supposed to, because he's yeah. Jason Todd. I think he does... A really good job and it's really interesting. I like that they've gone for two actors that look different. If you open most DC comics and you've got Jason Todd and Dick Grayson, it's hard to tell who's who. They're drawn very similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean
1: you're almost you're almost looking for the dialogue to give them away which one's which when they're on the page, which it's smart. Also, which is
0: accurate, Jason Todd really loves being Robin. He loves violence, like, you know, all the things that, all the reasons why Dick stopped being Robin, that's what Todd loves about being Robin.
1: Yeah, and he's been Robin for almost a year, so it's, from Dick Grayson's perspective, not only is this other guy running around with his shtick, it sounds like Dick, uh, Bruce found a replacement nearly immediately, and it's like there's a big betrayal, he didn't even
0: know this guy was running around. And he's got the line, I'm the new Robin, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really cool. And that leads us into the Jason Todd episode. And that's where Dick finds out that some of his old friends from the circus are getting killed off one by one. And him and Robin are going out together. Yeah. And yeah. that's where you see him firsthand how violent Jason Todd is really being to these criminals. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's really embracing
1: the stuff that Dick specifically is fighting against. He doesn't like how violent he's become. Where Jason... Is both feed in and loves it.
0: In the asylum episode, we find out that Rachel's mother is actually alive. but in that pilot, the mother wasn't the mother. It was just somebody that was looking after her. But her birth mother is alive and well, locked up in the asylum. Did you suspect her of <laughs> wrongdoing? No. Oh, okay. Uh, not, not, not straight away. Straight away. i As... like, she did it. She's involved.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not until a, a few episodes later that something in the back of my mind went... I don't trust this woman. Um, But uh, before we got to the Asylum episode, there was an episode where Dick is looking for some information and uh, some guidance and goes to his old childhood friend,
0: Donna Troy, Wonder Girl. That's the next one. Is it? Yeah, that follows. But you're right. We get Donna Troy, Connor Leslie. Yeah. Uh, Which I did not suspect she was going to be in this season at all. Oh man! When we get to the episode where it's Donna Troy fighting Starfire and she's got her golden lasso, amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Also, she's blade is just slightly older than Dick Grayson, uh, and they have a really great back and forth. Like uh, she's smarter, as she says, more attractive stronger, better at
0: everything. And I really liked the flashbacks. well. So when you finding out when they first met, where they were the sidekicks that got put together whilst Wonder Woman and Batman were off having Justice League missions or yeah. conversations or whatever's going on, they were just sort of left in the background. Yeah. But I thought she was great. But what I did like that, see, I mentioned the lasso that she has. So for Wonder Woman, it makes you tell the truth. The one that Donna Troy has, its power is persuasion. That's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but, but the actress uh, Connor Leslie, wow, I thought she was absolutely fantastic, and I love the fact that Beast Boy is like, "Hey, it's Wonder Girl." Yeah, they just say the names. It's yeah. brilliant. even though she doesn't go by that code name anymore. Yeah, yeah. So she's don't like, don't see say him it. In costume. Don't
1: say it, and then he says it, and she's kind of like, uh
0: But season two, <laughs> you give me him in costume, I'll oh, be so happy. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. We're so happy. We had Hawk and Dove before. Now we have Hank and Dawn. Yeah. So in that second episode with the nuclear family, Dawn is thrown off a building. Yeah. And she's left injured. And we find here that she's still in hospital. I believe she's in a coma. Yeah. uh,
1: With possible back injury, um, which was, again, like... The violence of the show. I didn't think, you know, you
0: just they had just introduced them and then almost the second episode they're like, and she's never coming back. I mean, I didn't know what they were doing because in the comics they do have powers. The two brothers come together and they've got like super strength and agility and all these things. But in this they're just costumed vigilantes. But in this episode you get a flashback to the original Hawk and Dove, and it's Elliot Knight as Don Hall yeah. playing the younger brother to Hank, which I really liked.
1: Yeah, um and you know, again, he's the, uh, he's the younger one. You, sh- you see where Hank's issues start um, because he's the older brother. They are brothers, um, same mother, different fathers.
0: And we see but... different versions of the costumes there. Yeah, like, like we don't when... go at the full headpiece.
1: Yeah, when they first start because they're like recording themselves going around beating up people who are uh, like se- uh, sexual predators, people who are on the. On the list, and they've all strangely been put in the same neighborhood as they are. And the idea is to go out and be Batman and Robin.
0: Yeah. But they've got their own superhero identities. Yeah, and they've got those goofy helmets which look just like practice gear from like ice hockey. <laughs> but it fits though, like they're both football players or at least Hankies. So it makes sense that that's where the design and look of the costume would come from. Yeah. We get the episode uh, all about Corey, which is getting her memories back. Yeah. And, she, and she remembers that she's there to save her world, and to do that, she needs to kill Raven. Yeah, because she's the
1: door through which Trigon can step, and he, anch- she will anchor him in our world, because Trigon is from another dimension, uh, and that's how he got cast out initially, is because like dimensionally he can't hold here because the energies don't fit or something, because he's not native. But because he's had a daughter in this dimension, somehow that makes the link, which is, again,
0: directly from the comic books. And this is the episode where Trigon does succeed. Yeah. He, he's on Earth. He's responsible, but Raven doesn't know this, that Gar is dying. He's got a deadly illness, and then her dad agrees to save Garfield. Yeah. It's really smart.
1: It's well done. It's seductive, like it's you know it's it, He's using manipulation to get the what he wants. Uh, as is her mother, played by Rachel Nichols, uh, of Continuum. For those who watch,
0: oh right, is that where she's from?
1: Yeah, um, and the Conan the Barbarian film with Jason Momoa. Ah, I have seen that. It's a film. <laughs> yeah, it is a film, but. Yeah, initially he doesn't want to come off as, like, ultimate evil, I guess, because when he first gets like, he can't immediately step up because, I guess, you know, she'd have the ability to cast him out or something. So it's smart to, to try and deceive her and get her emotionally engaged in him being here. But
0: then, straight away after saving Gar. Things start to go haywire. And there's the barrier that's put around the building and only Dick Grayson is able to get through. Yeah, Which, out of the two characters outside of it, the only one without abilities. That's true, so maybe that's how he did get through. Yeah. But then, this is the season finale. This is the big episode where everyone were expecting it to be Trigon, Raven-heavy. All of a sudden, it's five years in the future. We've got Dick Grayson, Married to Dawn... They've got a five-year-old kid together, and another one on the way. Another one on the way, and he needs to go to Gotham to stop an out-of-control Batman. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this—it felt so disconnected from what we'd seen before. But then, you see the shimmers, the effects are showing you that this isn't really happening.
1: Yeah, Uh, and yeah, it seems to be the way it's what it is—is Trigon trying to turn Dick Grayson, but he doesn't—he can't just turn him like. I touch you and now you're evil. He's got to convince them to make the choice that it's, the
0: darkness is already there. So he has to make the choice. Yeah. And in this, it's stopping Batman. And this gets super violent. And never did I think, even though technically we don't, I didn't think we were going to see Batman in this. Yeah. At all. What we do, and there's not one actor playing Batman, there's actually two stuntmen. We don't see anyone portraying Bruce Wayne. No. But just in the suit. And before I'd watched the episode, I, I read the the approach to the character was more like Jason Voorhees or a character in a slasher film where they're in the darkness and they'll come out and they'll kill and they'll I thought this was a great take on a nightmare Batman.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, you also he's throwing the Joker off a roof. Yep. So Joker's do... dead. Yes. Oh no,
0: yeah, he does throw him off the roof, but he's not dead, he's the fan is still alive. Yeah. And then he has to
1: break into the hospital and take him out properly with the bat rang in the chest. Um, and, yeah, it's just really well done. You know, it's, it's Dick Grayson's worst fears come to light. And never did I think I'd see this in live action on TV. No, definitely not. And it looks great. The bat cave, although small to what we're useful in yeah, uh, it is. It is in li- both live action and animation. But you've got to
0: put that down to budget.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's a Titan show, it's not a Batman show. they are not going to put all the money into a full-scale, well, completely detailed Batcave, because it would be an expensive
0: set. They showed some behind-the-scenes pictures of the actors playing Batman in daylight. The costume looks shocking, because it's not a fully-finished costume. They've only made as much as they need to show off what they need to show off in the shadows. Yeah. So when you see it in the show it looks brilliant. You see it in daylight it looks terrible. Yeah.
1: But it yeah, for the show it looks great and that's the thing that breaks him after Batman's gone nuts, he's killed a bunch of cops, he's killed Coriander with a an ice gun which I'm guessing he's taken from That was Mr. a bit
0: <laughs> that was a bit lame. You know yeah. she's like a alien princess with fire powers, but she can get taken out by an ice gun. I thought yeah. that was a bit... But the, but again, this is his perception. Yeah. he Maybe he doesn't really realise how powerful Corey is yet. Yeah, exactly. And
1: Batman, that's the strategy. He was prepared for someone like Starfire. So he had an ice
0: gun because her fu- things are fire. And it was cool how we just turned around and had it. Yeah. Like we're seeing Batman do things in here that I've not seen before. And the, the finale ends with Dick killing Batman
1: yeah and that's the last straw that, that puts him
0: under the sway of Trigon and that's where the, the season ends with Raven and Dick both seemingly on Trigon's side the team is split and it remains to be seen what's going to happen in season 2 but that's not all though because we do get a post credit scene we're introduced to the characters of Superboy and Crypto the Superdog and the organisation known as Cadmus... Yeah. ...who have always been responsible for the creation or the cloning of Superman... ...to give us Superboy in the first place. And just like in the comics, we see Subject 13. Yeah. Yeah, which... <sighs> and this is all in Shadow. It's a half-naked guy and he's got the Superman tattoo on his bicep. Which, again, they kind of took from uh, Young Justice. Um, oh, no, he's using
1: patches, is No, they, he? they
0: used it on... Um, when they did Teen Titans in the new fifty two, I think he had it. In yeah, there. yeah. But it's still an interesting design. And crypto. Yeah. <laughs> crypto is in the show. Yeah. So like if you just going back to that first episode, it's like it's Netflix, gritty, street level, and then we've got crypto the superdog. Yeah. With glowing heat vision eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Madness. Um, and that makes the confirmation that yes, the
0: Justice League with a Superman ...is in the universe of this show. In this finale, like, we see Jason Todd is paralysed, he's in a wheelchair, something's obviously gone wrong, and he mentions nobody's seen or heard from Batgirl, Superman. Like, they're mentioning, like, yeah. all these characters. Like, they could just say whatever they like, and I love that about the show. There's clearly no restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. But season two, give me these four Titans and Superboy, get Wonder Girl in a costume... Let Superdog or Crypto even <laughs> like yeah. join the team.
1: Yeah, it's it does it definitely makes me excited for where they're going to go next because you know there are long established Teen Titans. There's no Arrowet or Red Arrow.
0: Or there's no Kid Speedy. Flash. There's so many characters that, that they can just introduce over time. But honestly, like I've, there's so many DC TV shows now. This was the one more than any other that couldn't wait to watch that next episode. Yeah. Because it felt so different and fresh. Now, I'll be honest, like, there is quite a lot of swearing in this that did pull me out on occasion, because sometimes it's a little too try-hard. Yeah. But they are going for a more mature audience, and I am on board with that. Yeah,
1: and as with all of these shows, every now and then there's some clunky dialogue, but unfortunately it's required to be there to get you, you know, when you're talking about demons and aliens and that sort of stuff, There are, unfortunately, going to be lines of dialogue to get that across.
0: Okay, so if we want to give our rating, you want to go first? Yeah, I
1: I enjoyed this far more than I thought I was going to. Uh, I bashed through all 11 episodes in two days. For me, it's the best of the live-action DC shows. I, I haven't had this much fun, I think, since season
0: one of Flash. I'll give it four out of five. I'm going to go slightly higher because just like yourself, it was easily like it was going along as a solid four out of five. Yeah. But then we get Crypto and Superboy, and I've got to give it a 0.5 to that. So for me, it's a four and a half out of five. And going back to that first trailer, it's not, that I did not think I was going to enjoy the show as much as I have. And again, it's just like what I enjoyed about Teen Titans Go To The Movies. Give me a wider DC universe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it makes me excited for what they're going to do next. I'm definitely going to check out Doom Patrol, thanks to the success and how well they crafted this show. And yeah, that trailer just did a massive
0: disservice. And this seems to be the DC show that people that I know who have given up on DC films, DC TV, are watching now it's on Netflix and really enjoying it and shocked at how much they're enjoying it.
1: Yeah. I do have to point out like this it looks like they're going to stick with that 13 episode format. Please do. There's a reason why most Netflix shows don't go further than 13 episodes. It's the problem with the CW shows, the going the 22 episodes, it's too long. For and that's a single it. antagonist for a group of people who are supposed to be this competent.
0: And when you're watching a filler episode, you know it's a filler episode.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree like shorter seasons because I'm left wanting more. Maybe if they'd have given me twenty-two episodes, ten average shows, it could have even bring the show down to a three. Yeah. If the quality wasn't there, like it consistently is over these eleven episodes.
1: Yeah. By having eleven or twelve, you can't waste time padding out the show. You have to have the story moving forward at a a
0: reasonable pace. And you can tell as well with this being streaming that just like with Netflix original shows. Some go longer, some go shorter. They're not having to stretch or keep to a particular time slot. Yeah. They can just it could be a 60-minute episode. It can be a 45-minute episode. It can be whatever the episode needs it to be. So there's no compromises on quality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: So that's it for our episode All About Titans. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Our next episode will either be all about Marvel's The Punisher season two or Steel. So the schedule's not quite confirmed yet, but I will be teaming up with my That Film Shoe co host, Jason, to discuss the Shaq O'Neal classic Steel, <laughs> I believe from 1997. Yeah. Do you know that movie had an official soundtrack? Ice Cube's on there, there's a, there's a toy line. There's comic book tie-ins. I thought this was just a quick direct-to-VHS movie, but this went theatrical.
1: Yeah, it was big at the time, and it was also Shaq's like, second step up to bat, because before that he did do... Was it Sh-
0: Kablam? Sh- Kazam, where he was like a genie. It- I thought it was Kablam. I think there's a confusion over whether that... There's a confusion online about whether that did Because a... there's something to do with Sinbad, I don't know, I think it's it's too confusing to get into. But you're right, this was his second movie, and a year before Snipes did Blade. Yeah, yeah, Black superhero film. So I'm very much looking forward to re-watching and Talking Steel, but it all depends on Gareth and Adam and when they get together to discuss all things Punisher Season 2. And if you missed it, you can go and check out what Gareth and Adam thought about chilling Adventures of Sabrina. They did an episode all about that first season, including the holiday special. That film's due have upcoming reviews for Glass and Reign of the Supermen and to tie in with Glass, the guys at Rewind and Review, Rob and Jason, did Unbreakable as their latest episode. Jay, thanks again for being on the show today. My pleasure. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.